Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. And when I say comics, I mean comic books. This is the podcast hosted by two comedian brothers discussing the comics they've loved as kids and love today and possibly love in the future. I'm one of those two brothers slash comedians, Kevin Hines. I'm the other brother slash comedian, Will Hines. Um, we are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and we are, uh, nearing the end. We're in the stretch run of, uh, season four of our podcast. And this season we've Mm -hmm. been discussing justice league international, the surprise hit justice league relaunch in the wake of crisis where uh, DC set up a justice league title with none of the big names. It became so big. It spun off into, uh, uh, three titles, justice league international, justice league Europe and justice league quarterly. And we're discussing right now some of the early Justice League Europe issues. And we're doing issue three this episode. Yeah. Uh, and Kevin, it's another great issue. Yeah, I really I really enjoy this one um, a lot. I mean, I enjoyed the last two, but I enjoy this one a lot, too. This is where I feel like, um, even though I think this series started very strong, like this issue and next issue, I'm just sort of like, yeah, man, this isn't this isn't missing any opportunities. It's going good. Yeah. All the groundwork has been laid. We've met all the characters. We have a good story that's been set up. So now we can just sort of enjoy it all. Yeah. Uh, How are you doing, Will? It was a very business-like top, and I feel like we can't just start right now. Let's connect with people. I am perfect. All right. Nice. My life is perfect. Mm -hmm. If I was given ultimate power, I would change nothing. I'd be like, this is exactly what I wanted. Do you you feel good about all the um, people you have behind you that are sort of waiting on you right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, do you That's need that many people favorite. sort of helping you do a podcast? It's like a whole crew. Yeah, yeah. I need a whole team. I got a guy here checking my mids. Mm-hmm. I got another guy who's counting my nouns and making sure that I'm keeping the nouns up and I'm not overly adjectivizing. Too many adjectives is bad, Kevin. Sure. I mean, it just seems like I get by with one guy who does a lot of those things. I just bet you he's overstressed and he's probably just too much of a nice person to say so. All right. Well, I'm not going to let him I got, answer to that. I got, I got one dude holding up a quilt. He's taking care of the sound. Mm-hmm. I got another guy who just gives me a thumbs up whenever I look over at him and I'm feeling a little insecure. Just feel like the quilt guy could give you that thumbs up. He's, both his hands are holding up a quilt. All right. He's All the right. one guy who can't do that. No, no way. Na- nouns guy could maybe do it, but then I think he's going to, that. then I think he's telling me I've only used one noun. Okay. All right. When I look at him, he's telling me how many nouns I've used. Okay. Well, we've connected. You want to get into this issue? Yes, enough friendship. Okay. <laughs> Justice League Europe number three. Kevin, what do you think of the cover? Uh, it's fun. This is the cover they used for the uh, trade collection that contains this issue, uh, mm-hmm. which shows the entire team, Sans Wonder Woman, who has abandoned the team forever, um, mm-hmm. and they are all being pelted by bricks. They're against a wall. <laughs> This says Yankee go home. There's a crowd with pitchforks and, and flames in the background. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Flash is saying, gee, Max never said there'd be days like this. It's interesting to think that Maxwell Lord is enough of a character that you can just refer to him on the cover and people are like, well, they'll know who we mean. I mean, Justice League Europe, I mean, the Justice League International franchise became so big so fast that Maxwell Lord became a known entity, at least as far as they considered uh, it's crazy so one of the members of justice league europe is elongated man one yes. of our many stretchy characters in the superhero universe that's right and whenever he's in a group shot he's always stretched in a nice way that like frames the shot you know he's always like he's basically like a border around the group and that's what you want your stretchy guy doing in group shots but do you think it's very funny to have elongated man and i think i mentioned this before and metamorpho on the same team because metamorpho can stretch as well, but he can also do lots of other things. Right. So you got two stretchy guys. It just seems like you got stretchy guy and stretchy guy. Plus, you know, you got like two strong guys. It's like, yeah, I mean, a lot of guys are strong. It's hard to avoid that. Or multiple Mm. guys can fly. It's like, yeah, lots of heroes can fly Two stretching guys. Like that could have been avoided. That'd be like having the flash and kid flash on the same team. It'd be like, do we need them both? Or even worse to be like having flash and then like kid flash plus lasers. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Uh, currently, in the DC universe, there's a comic book called The Terrifics, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Metamorpho's on that team with Plastic Man. 
Man, he can't get away from stretchy dudes. Yeah, he's never the stretchy guy. He's always the element guy. And he's like, I could be the stretchy guy, too. I think it's interesting how, like, when comic book companies as corporate entities purchase another corporate comic book company and then all the characters have to be in the same universe, right? Yeah. Like, Plastic Man was not a DC character originally. That's right. Um, but now he, and nor was Shazam, Captain or, or, Marvel. Or Captain Adam, who's in this book. Yeah, right. Charl- he's a Charlton guy. And so, but they just like, you know, you're a superhero. You got this cast of characters. And one day you wake up and because of a corporate merger, you have to be friends with like 10 new dudes. It's very weird. I think as a kid, I was aware, I was not aware that any of these characters had been, the or Charlton characters, Blue Beetle, Captain Adam, Question. They all seem like DC characters to me. They seem so yeah. ingrained in the universe. Uh, Plastic yeah. Man, too, to some extent. Not that he showed up a lot, but I just he just seemed like, oh, he's just too goofy to show up too much. But Captain Marvel, yeah. I sort of always knew, like, oh, he's his own thing. Maybe that's because there was that Captain Marvel television show when we were kids, the yeah, live-action Saturday morning show, so that was, like, established as separate real estate in our minds. Yeah, maybe. Whereas we didn't have anything like that for the others. Although, I guess there was a Plastic Man cartoon yeah. when we were kids it had like a live action uh, intros um yeah it, it, it is weird uh i also the more the older i get the more i feel like as much as like i think the connected universe is what hooks you as a kid mm-hmm. and is like what makes the marvel universe movies so exciting to people i think it hurts yeah. them overall more than it helps them interesting the stories you mean yeah i'm watching uh on repeat non-stop the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon with my four-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something nice that he's like really the only hero. So it's like the vulture is a big threat when you've just got one teenage kid having to deal with it. Yeah. But like if the vulture shows up and it's just like, I mean, Iron Man could swing by and take care of this in a, in a wink of an eye. Yeah. Um, uh, or if you're at home and it's like, Doc Ock escaped from prison, you could just be like, well, I'm in the most populated superhero city in the universe. Yeah. If he doesn't get call, caught in a couple hours, I'll go look for him. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to stand call, my date with Mary Jane. <laughs> call Dazzler, you say. Yeah. But in the cartoon, there is no other characters. And he hears that. He's like, I got to get out there and do this. Or he, if you hurt somebody, I'm the only one. Yep. And that, that weighs a lot more and it feels a lot realer to me. Um, I could see where it would make stories better to have only one superpowered creature or uh, I, you need to go like complete bonkers and just be like in Spider-Man's book, he's the only character. And then he's also in the Avengers and the Avengers book is just a universe where they're all on a team together. Yeah. And you just ignore each other's the, each other, the, 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 the other books. It's funny how much people really do like continuity though. Like sure. even like on my like Twitter account, which who cares? Mm hmm. I, I did a joke this past December that I had an assistant tweeting for me and that if I was doing it, I would sign my tweets WH. And if my, if there was no signature, then it was my assistant who had done it. Um, and I did that for like a month and a half. And then I just sort of forgot about it and just started tweeting as myself. And like four different strangers like replied to me, like, is this you or your assistant? Like everybody knowing that it was a joke, but I was yeah. like, man, the continuity police are in every medium. Well, but it's also like, I like continuity. I like that. Uh, but I think continuity is way easier if it's just your one title. Like if you, Will Hines' Twitter account was also part of the Avengers, it gets to become a real headache. <laughs> um, the Colbert Report used to have continuity, and it delighted me to no end. Like he would refer to, he, some of them were like running jokes, but some of them were for sure continuity. Where if yeah. like he had talked about, he like made an album that was all about his ex-girlfriend that he was stalking. <laughs> and so anytime an ex-girlfriend came up, it was about that. But sometimes he would mention albums and he'd always refer to like, well, I have this one album. If he like, yeah. if, if his character had made another album, it'd be like his second album. Like they were really hung up on like, <laughs> like if you caught every episode, you wouldn't get confused of this fake news <laughs> show. Yeah. And I, I don't know, because I tried to never miss it. It delighted me. It, the continuity yeah, of it. But I it, guess if... Colbert was in the same universe as, well, he was in the same universe as Daily Show, but if he was in the same universe as like CNN yeah. and all the network anchors and he had to like account for that, that would be weird. Well, I mean, it's, he's definitely ignoring it on his uh, new CBS show where he's not playing the character Yeah, because um, it'd be impossible to do that. Uh, I don't know. It, 
I, I get the love of it, and it certainly is fun watching like Spider-Man fight the Human Torch. Uh, mm-hmm. And when the Marvel Universe is small, you get away with it to some extent. Yeah. But as it gets bigger, and as people get like more, they care more about realism. Like the the Marvel the MCU movies like already are getting my biggest complaints that I would have about comic books, which is like, oh, yeah. you're watching a Iron Man movie, and I'm like, why doesn't he call Thor? Right, right, right. Like, I don't know. I mean, the real reason is because he's not in this movie. Yeah. But I don't want every movie to spend time going, oh, Thor can't come because he's doing this. Yeah. Spider-Man's not available. It's like, if you have to list, like, and I read comic books now, it's like, well, the FF are off planet. The Avengers are doing another mission. So it's up to yeah. Spider-Man. It's like, ah, you have to always mention that. But you do. Yeah. If a building blows up and the Avengers don't show up, they look like losers. Well, we've spent time in this podcast reading, like, 60s Marvel comics. Yeah. And it was just so, it was so much smaller. Yeah. It was basically like if you explain where the Avengers are, and the X Men are basically a secret group that not everybody knows about, you've accounted for almost everybody. Yeah. Uh, but also, they don't ever do that. Like, I don't remember reading a Spider Man comic during the Ditko era where he has to explain where the Avengers are. That's true. You know, there'd be like a joke now and then. He'd be like, I bet you the Avengers never have to go to the laundromat or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Every once in a while, there'd be like something where like the FF are reading a newspaper going, Spidey's a villain, huh? Right, right. Um, <laughs> but it's not like the Human Torch is out looking for the Green Goblin uh, as a general rule. Right. Though he should be. Should be, yeah. That's lazy superhero. Anyway, lazy so superhero I'm against there. connected universes. Anyway, DC. Page one. <laughs> this connected team universe. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> It's a very weird thing to not like anymore. Um, but I think rules are no fun. When it becomes like red tape, it's no fun. I just, I would love my Spider Man movie to have just Spider Man, no Iron Man, but also just like, not like no influence of Iron Man, but just like he doesn't exist. Right. Everything becomes a much bigger deal then, I guess is what I'm getting at. You'd be a fun Spider Man director. I mean, Cold open, erase the existence of all the other heroes, have your whole movie, bring it back at the end. I mean, in the what I'm basically saying is like Sony made a mistake <laughs> bringing him into the I mean, biggest uh, media empire <laughs> and getting a cut of that. Yeah, you'd be an interesting advisor to Sony. I mean, first of all, go into Disney World, separate all those characters. Mickey doesn't know Donald. Donald doesn't <laughs> know Pixar. Uh, I want them each in their own areas. I mean, Sony's problem is that they, they couldn't make good. They'd forgotten how to make good movies. Yeah. Like, but if they just remembered how to make good movies, they didn't really need Iron Man. Yeah, they like had Spidey and X Men. Spider Man would have done well. No, X Men was F, uh, Fox. They okay, just had Spider Man, but like, you could do a good Spider Man movie without anything else. If it's really good, oh, people yeah. will go see it. That's true. But if it's not good, then you better get Iron Man in there. Uh, the recent movies have been good, and they've had Iron Man. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I, I think they're my two favorite Spider-Man movies. But I don't know. I've just I've been rewatching this cartoon a lot, and I love how disconnected it is from everything. That's all. What do you What do you watch it on? I bought it on iTunes, so I watch it on my iPad. Hmm. I don't okay. really watch it anymore. I've seen them so many times now. I, I put it in front yeah. of my son. I walk away. I come back. Then he reenacts it for me. Um, <laughs> And then I catch bits here and there. And every now and then he watches one I haven't seen in a while. And then I'll watch it with him. <laughs> uh, it, it's a good, it's really good. It's a really good cartoon. I really love it. But I mean, he watches, there's like three or four episodes he watches over and over and over again. They're like his favorite ones. He loves Electro. Loves the, the he loves the origins of Sandman and Rhino. Hmm. Um, he loves the two Sinister Six episodes. Um, I'll have to watch that one. I've never watched Spectacular Spider-Man. Podcast over. (laughs) I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it with you anymore. (laughs) At one point, I was going to force you to do, during our Spider-Man season, an episode where we watched six cartoons across various... uh, uh, It was just too hard to find them in a way that we, we could watch. But I was like, we'll just watch like the Doc Ock episode of every one we could find. Yeah. The first like the 60s of Doc one. Ock. And like, he wasn't in every incarnation, weirdly. Like, he wasn't in Amazing Friends, I think. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, but, but, but he, like, he was in the 1981 series that came out at the same time as Amazing Friends. I was like, we're getting enough of it. Yeah. Um, it was like, and then we'll talk about it. But it was like, I'm big, so I was going to make you watch four hours of cartoons. 
<laughs> and we'd be like, how do we even talk about these things that no one else has yeah. seen? Let's instead do a hundred issues of FF. Right. That's what we, we, we pivoted <laughs> to cover the entire Jack Kirby run of the Fantastic <laughs> yeah. Four. That's one of the craziest things I've done in my mm-hmm. life. Next up, every right. issue of Legion of Superheroes <laughs> following <laughs> one character. And then we go back to the beginning. We follow another character. <laughs> All right. Should we go to page one? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so the title is Another Fine Mess. And we see Captain Adam. In what is a typical JLI scene, it's a boardroom scene where they're all sitting around a table fed up with whoever's running the meeting, which is pretty standard operating procedure for all of the Justice League uh, uh, groups. Yeah. Um, although this is visually a little bit different. Um, yeah, Bart Sears uh, does dramatic angles. Uh, and also we're getting a good shot of Cap Madam's 45 arm muscles. He's got at least his tricep has got is three muscles, and then his forearm is basically a thigh. His shoulder is my entire body. Yeah, uh, look at his so wrist. Is, look at his wrist. It's 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 like in it's like the Bering Strait. It could connect Alaska to Russia. Uh, it is it is, man. Oh, he is a strong fella. He's really he's a he's a strong solid dude. Yeah. Uh, he's leading this meeting, but the, the, J, the one of the themes of this issue and the previous two issues is no one has faith in Captain Adam as their leader. So they're all looking at him with doubt while he kind of summarizes the story. Yeah. Uh, and that is that a Nazi showed up in there. In the first issue, a Nazi showed up at their embassy and collapsed on the floor and died and said, braces? Yeah. Uh, and then last issue, they were attacked by a few of the gold, Global Guardians, a defunct superhero team made up of international heroes that the Justice League uh, basically replaced. Uh, those heroes attacked them. The Justice League defeated them easily, but they all went into comas. And so they've concluded that somebody, maybe the Global Guardians or somebody using the Global Guardians, is out to discredit the League and doing a good job of it because France hates them. Yeah, it makes them look bad. They're, they have Nazis are showing up to them for help, and they defeated the fan-favorite former superhero team. You know, it'd be Global like a, a baseball team showing up uh, starting uh, starting in Paris and then beating up a soccer team. And so then um, Catherine, the leader of the team, really, I mean, Captain Adam is kind of like the field leader, yes. like the, in charge of superhero business, but she is in charge of like administering the league. Yeah, she's sort of the liaison, but she very hands-on, and she later on becomes officially like the Maxwell Lord of this team. Uh she calls Captain Adam away after he does after he's done summarizing the exposition, and he's got to meet with um, some French guy who's a big supporter of the league. Who Captain Adam instantly alienates by not speaking French. Right. It's sort of revealed here that he doesn't speak French. Uh, he doesn't understand why that's a problem. Um, uh, I think the only person on the team that speaks French is Elongated Man, who is sort of a huge. He's huge in Europe. He's like Jerry Lewis. He's like one of the most <laughs> popular uh, American superheroes in Paris, <laughs> but not necessarily in the world. And this becomes a theme of this issue, which is like that France hates the Justice League because uh, they're basically a bunch of Americans who showed up and just like took up residence in their capital. There's really almost no European members, re- no European members. And so, I don't know, it's kind of a smart little, I don't know if that's a subplot or the plot, but that's what we're concerned about in this issue. It's interesting. I mean, they could have taken the safe route and set them in England and avoided all these sorts of things. Uh, They didn't. And I think they have fun with the fact that, you know, this is the team. Later on, they'll add a member of Crimson Fox, who's a a Paris superheroine. And uh, she's great. She's sort of uh, the equivalent of Fire and Ice. She's sort of like... The, the Justice League invented character who joins the team and is really cool. Okay. But that won't be during, uh, we're not going to cover that issue. So just uh, don't get, don't get your hopes up, everybody. We're yeah. not going to get to Crimson Fox. That's right. But uh, we do get to a thing here, which is like, we settle into a nice rhythm in this issue where it's like every page or two, we kind of move to a different subsection of the league and we see those characters and everybody kind of has their thing set up at this point. Like after French dude gets mad at Captain Adam for not speaking French, we see elongated man and power girl uh, hanging out in the room with elongated man's wife. And we get to a couple of the running gags, which is that his wife 
likes Captain Adam more than him, although that's only sort of she does like him, but not romantically. But she kind of enjoys torturing him with that information. That's right. Uh, Now, Captain Adam is a man who knows what he's doing. Give him time, Power Girl. I think he'll surprise you, elongated man. Well, then maybe you should have married him. Uh, To which Sue responds, stop being silly because she's just she's madly in love with Ralph, but she likes to tease him, I think. Um, and then Power Girl is beginning to, uh, you know, continue the drumbeat of Captain Adam's a bad leader. Although I get that that's the story, but he really hasn't done anything wrong. Like, I don't know why they (laughs) doubt this guy. Like, you know, he's doing everything fine. Yeah. I mean, I think that first issue, he sort of was very hemmy and hawing. Right. Um, he hasn't, you know, inspired them. But also they're a tough group to inspire when you've got like Wally West and Power Girl and Elongated Man. I don't know if they're rallying together that easily. It's, it's also weird that this isn't like a group of heroes that was like came together. Like the Avengers came together to stop Loki and they're like, yeah, we're all equals. Let's let's form a team or, you know, the X-Men are led by their charismatic Professor X who like recruited them all for their school specifically. This is a team of like that were hired, right? Yeah, it's like some there are. They're like the monkeys. They were sort of put together by producers. Yeah, it's like if they if they get along, great. But that isn't necessarily like they should be professionals. It's, it's like a sports team, right? These are the guys yeah. that we signed. They're all great at playing baseball. Uh, they better win. But if they don't like each other, it can be an issue. Um, yep. But you know, when they start kicking butt, they'll start liking each other because they're successful. It goes both ways. Winning creates chemistry. Yes. Um, so the Global Guardians are either the enemy or being used by the enemy. So they look up info on the Global Guardians. They check in with ICE, who's a member of Justice League International in the American Embassy, who's a former member of Global Guardians, and is basically like, they're not bad people, so I, I don't think that, it, that they are the villains. That's what we learned there. Yeah. Um, but she does mention that uh, Jack-O-Lantern and Owlwoman have uh, been working with Queen Bee, who took over Bialya and some of the issues we skipped. So she took it over okay. from Colonel Ruman, and so they're basically allied with this sort of evil nation of Bialya. And that's, right. that's so a there's clue. A, there's a sect of Global Guardians that may be going rogue or going evil. And so three of the Justice League Europe, Power Girl, Elongated Man, and Flash, and their civilian identity, go to the Global Guardians' old headquarters to sort of see if they can find any clues. And they're doing it without telling Captain Adam. Yeah, and it's great. Um, it's a fun trio. Wally West has got a lot of personality, elongated man, uh, they, all three of them, just strong personalities down the line. Uh, elongated man doesn't want to do it. He wants to follow the rules. He wants to tell captain Adam and he's kind of girls fed up and is like, no, I have Superman's powers. I do what I want, which that's fair. Totally fair. Um, so there's a little bit where captain Adam and Catherine are captain Adam is revealing his sort of American centrism centrism. Yeah. And uh, his ignorance of how annoying it must be for France to have these UN Americans just set up shop. It's not my fault there are no European superheroes worth their salt, is what he says. Yeah, and she's like, did you hear what you just said? Um, and then Captain Adam folds his arms across his billboard-sized chest and says, well, uh... And uh, Catherine's like, and you wonder why people still, rev- still revere the Global Guardians... And from that, we cut to the tour of the Global Guardians headquarters that three of our members are going on incognito. Uh, We're still early, but last episode we forgot. Let's take our break. All right, let's do it. We'll take a break and we will be right. Black. You messed it up. Said it wrong. Hey, it's us again, your hosts, Kevin and Will Hines, and we want to hear from you. That's right. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screwitcomics. We also have an Instagram account where we post images from the comics that we talk about, and that's screwitcomics on Instagram. That's three different ways to connect with us. Tell us your thoughts about the issues we're talking about, or the format of the show, or our life choices that have led us to this point. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. We are Blurg. 
And uh, so, yeah, we're on a tour of the Global Guardians headquarters. And uh, this is uh, in typical fashion. The Justice League members are uh, arguing with each other. This is a great improv scene set up a tour. Somebody walking backwards, giving a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, classic improv setup. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Good group I, game. I can I can hear the initiation now. And so you can see over here uh, on my right. I mean, uh, please literally the first line of this page is, and here's the very meeting where the Global Guardians gathered. Yep. It's good initiation. In, so the tour is in French, and the tour is basically like, we love the Global Guardians. They are amazing. The elongated man, who's the only JLE member to speak French, is basically lying and telling everybody, oh, they're just saying how Justice League is way better than Global Guardians. Yeah, and Wally and Kara, uh, Flash and Power Girl, just don't know. Um, then we sort of cut behind the scenes, and we see, is it Owl Woman and well, Jack O'Lantern? Just before that, I, I love these bits where elongated man sort of needles... Oh. Wally about the Kid Flash, a Barry Allen thing. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Elongated Elonga- uh, Man says to Kid Flash, or Wally, uh, regular Flash, sorry. Oh, great. Now regular. Kid Flash is giving me orders. And he just, Wally just snaps at him. Call me Kid Flash again and I'll deck you. Uh, so he's getting fed up with it. It is leading to a nice uh, moment between those two, but yeah. it's a fun little thing that's needling them. I mean, Kid Flash is an annoying name. If somebody called me like Kid Hines, I'd be like, all right. Can we stop that? <laughs> yeah. Even though you went by Kid Hines for a few years in this I, in this hypothetical scenario. Mm-hmm. And I did in real life. Yeah, sure. That was weird. You did that last year. Yep. Everybody, it's me, Kid Hines, 48-year-old kid. <laughs> um, yeah, so we cut so to... So now we go behind the scenes, and it's Owl Woman, and is that Jack-O-Lantern? That's Jack-O-Lantern out of costume, suspenders, a huge cleft jaw... Cleft chin on his enormous jaw. I mean, he is. He's got a Steve Ditko esque hairline, meaning like it starts about a quarter inch above his actual eyes. He's got sideburns that just are just massive. Owl Woman's got an interesting mask. It looks super elaborate, like something you might wear for a carnival. Yeah, it's a real masquerade thing. Her yeah. outfit is sort of like a frilled a denim jacket type thing going on. I don't know. It's sort of like a Native American kind of suede situation. Yeah. Uh, but I guess we find out here that these guys are plotting something. They're not pawns of anybody. They they have a plan. They which, have a plan. Which we've seen. If you if you aren't reading Justice League Europe as a new comic and, and instead have come from Justice League America International, uh, you've seen Al Ma- Al or the Jack O' Lantern, not necessarily Al Woman, plotting the destruction of the Justice League with Queen Bee a lot. So you know. The guess that these guys are up to something is dead on the money. But here they are verbally stating it in exposition. So we cut back to the tour and the tour is continuing to rave about the Global Guardians. And then somewhere in there, the Justice League members realize that something's up, which is the crowd is becoming hypnotized in the manner that they have seen a couple of times where crowds get hypnotized and sort of turns on the Justice League. Right. In issue one, they were attacked by a rioting crowd that then sort of snapped out of it. But it made it look like they attacked the citizens of Paris. And so now the uh, people on this Global Guardians tour are going to attack the Justice League. Um, and uh, Elongated Man somehow gets in the costume. He slips out of his clothes, so he's just in costume to get out of this group. Uh, Flash and Power Girl, who are both fast, just got out of it without any problem. It's kind of a funny joke there. Like they're instantly out of the fray and elongated man. How'd you get over there so fast? Oh, stupid question, right? He's asking the flash and yeah. Power Girl. Um, uh, it's f- kind of funny. Kid flash. Sorry. Yeah, regular yeah. flash. Regular flash has a t-shirt that just says, I heart New York, which is funny for an American who's trying to win over Paris to wear. Very obnoxious though. Wally West did live in New York. Uh, either you still was at this point or he just recently moved back to central city. So at least, you know, it is his wardrobe. Because when so you live in, in New escape- York, you wear that shirt. Oh, I used to wear I Heart New York t-shirts 10 times a week. Yeah. Uh, our heroes get out of the fray a little bit, and then they are met with Jack-O-Lantern, former member of the Global Guardians, now in costume. So, I'm starting to catch on with the story here. I'm starting to figure out what's going so on. So describe his look to people who have no idea who Jack-O-Lantern is, i.e. anyone who hasn't read these comics. Okay, so Jack O' Lantern, he's got a uh, full covering like face mask, like a purple, tight fitting like cowl, like Batman, but covering up his lower half of his face also and no ears. So not like Batman at all. Not like Batman at all. He's got a big blue cape, 
purple pants, uh, the blue boots of a pirate, <laughs> and the blue gloves of a swashbuckler. And he's carrying a pumpkin bomb, like the Green Goblin, but it's uh, well, like but purple. Yeah, it's like a it's like a kettlebell with eyes, right? Yeah. That's what a kettlebell is, right? It's like a big ball with a handle. That's right. Um, but it's got he's eyes. Working out. I guess that's his jack o' lantern. A lot of his powers seem to involve that thing. Yeah, like he lifts it up and it like emits a flash, and then it may be like we don't know what it does because we cut away. Right, we cut away to Metamorpho, who's watching Sesame Street, trying to learn French. Yeah, and Animal Man is with him, and so is Rocket Red. Rocket Red is doing his whole, like, using English phrases slightly inaccurately in a real cute foreign guy way. No way, baby, that is pure L.A., (laughs) is what he says. Do not let him bum your head, Animal Man. He's he's Uh, like a wild and crazy guy, uh, Dan Ackert, Steve Martin character all of a sudden. Uh, Sesame Street gets interrupted by the news, which I think has never happened, but it happens here in France. Yeah. And they and the news reports that Global Guardians uh, at the headquarters of the Global Guardians, a mob has broken out and Justice League is fighting them. And here are members of the Justice League that are watching TV are like um, they don't quite know what's going on, but they understood Justice League in Europe. Yeah. Um, and they know it c- can't be good news. And then from the ceiling above them, from Captain Adam's office, they just hear, Arg! Uh, and so they know it's bad news and Captain Adam has it. So then we cut to the headquarters, which is like we're on the outside and it's just emitting pillars of smoke out of windows. Like there's some huge fight going on inside. Yeah. Uh, and like all the tour group seems to have come outside and... Um, you know, uh, they're being like taken in by ambulances and stuff. Interviewed by reporters, and they're all blaming the league. Right. We cut into the fight. We got a little action scene happening. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Jack O'Lantern's very outmatched here. Yeah. I mean, Power Girl alone would outmatch him, but he's doing pretty well um, with his glowing Jack O'Lantern. You know, the Flash. Uh, I mean, Jack O'Lantern seems to have, I don't know what his power set is, but he goes intangible at one point. Um, got a force field. He's got a force field that Power Girl can't penetrate. I guess their biggest disadvantage is they don't know what his powers are, so they don't know quite what to do. Yeah. Um, and it, it just like seems to be one of these teams that just sort of throws everything at something, loses, and then sort of pauses, and then reattacks and does well. That's sort of their MO. And they're So we are here in the first phase where they are throwing everything they got at him, and he's basically deflecting everything. Yep. And, yeah, we're seeing kind of some cool action stuff go on here. Uh, we see some fast punches from Flash with a cool, like, whop it a whop it a whop it a whop it a sound effect. That's fun. Yeah, we see um, uh, a long gay man try to grab the jack-o'-lantern kettlebell thing from him, and it burns his hand. It was a smart move, but it did not work. Did not work. Um, and um, Eventually, jack-o'-lantern tosses his kettlebell at them, and it sort of electrocutes them, only taking out Flash and a long gay man because Power Girl is... Power Girl, and she's fine. Yeah. Uh, she starts to run at him, and then he's like, I would be worried if my work here wasn't finished. And then he vanishes and goes, I think, just into another room where he's talking to Owl Woman about how well he just did. Right. And then, and she's like, well, that worked. And then they leave there and turn on the self-destruct sequence that all bases have. Yeah. And we see tick, 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 tick. Very Keith Giffen drawn sound effects. Those there. are very Keith Giffen sound effects. The tick, tick, tick. Yes. And um, then we cut back to outside and Captain Adam has arrived and he's trying to like put a good spin on it and assure everybody that the Justice League would not do anything wrong. He's arguing with the police detective who we met in issue one who already hates the Justice League for causing problems. Uh, Yeah, he's got a, he looks like Columbo. Well, he looks like half Dracula, half Columbo. (laughs) Yeah. Overcoat, cigarette dangling from his lip. Always, uh, eyebrows always in a furrow. This guy is in the team the entire time that Keith Giffen's on the book. This, uh, this, even they, they eventually move to England and this guy gets transferred <laughs> angrily because he's the best person for dealing with the Justice League Europe. He's like, but I don't like dealing with them. <laughs> this is very funny. And I think at one point he gets based in their headquarters. <laughs> uh, that's near the very end of the run. Uh, and I think it's all fun ideas that I don't think necessarily get to play out to uh, the full comedic. Um, uh, enjoyment, but it a really, it's a really fun role. I love that they have supporting cast members that aren't superheroes. It's, yeah, it's fun when you get like an extended cast in a TV show or a comic book or yeah. something. I like this guy's green tie, I'll say that. Yeah. So Captain Adam's getting fed up because the Justice League is clearly being set up 
Um, he and Animal Man and Rocket Red are there and Metamorpho and Rocket Red's like, this is not exactly going well, is it? And they're sort of thinking about clearing out. And then Power Girl comes out with an unconscious Flash and Elongated Man. Yeah, she tosses him on the ground. Um, Captain Adam sort of gives her a dressing down for doing this without telling him. She actually, she, really she says like, like you and the others, if you and the others had been here, we could have, which is an awful thing to say. Captain Adam flips out. Uh, you got that a little backwards, lady, because he didn't even know they were going. Right. You three shouldn't have been anywhere near this place without my approval. And she hates that. She's like, who the hell do you think you're talking to? Fair point. She's one of the most powerful creatures on the planet. Yeah. If anyone's to blame, um, I'd say it's you. Without strong leadership, we have to make our own decisions. Captain Adam responds, oh, great. Next time, why don't you decide to blow up the whole damn building? And then the building explodes. Yeah. Um, we skipped a really fun part. I think oh. that you were setting up. If we go back into the fight, um, after Flash, when they were fighting Jack O' Lantern, and Flash does all those fast punches, yes. Elongated Man says, "Hey, that was good." Oh right. And Flash yeah. assumes he's being set up. Burn insult goes, "Yeah, I know, but Barry would have." And then Elongated Man goes, "No, no, I mean it. That was really good." And Flash is instantly won over to Elongated Man's side and goes, "Gee, thanks, Ralph. That means a lot to me. You know, I've always looked up to you." Yeah. Like mid-fight, they basically start making up. Yeah, and Power Girl also stopped them. I wasn't leading up to that. I forgot that was in this issue. They have other moments like that um, about Barry, and it's really nice. Like Elongated Man does like Wally West. He just also likes needling him. Yeah. Uh, so the moment I just interrupted you is when Captain Adam says to Power Girl, great, next time why don't you just decide to blow up the whole damn building, turn the page, the building blows up. <laughs> right, and we then cut to back at the embassy where Catherine is reading... Uh, the French Daily Bugle, I assume. Uh, yeah, which I think says Captain Adam destroys the dome. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I don't know how they blame you for the explosion, though, just because you told Power Girl to blow it up and then it blew up. Well, I guess that's how they can blame you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have another like fed up Captain Adam moment where he's like, I'm getting sick and tired of being made a fool of, pushed around, and it's time to start pushing back. And this time End he actually issue. means it, because next issue... Captain Adam uh, uh, takes the fight to the bad guys, and it goes well for the Justice League Europe. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, Kevin, you like it when the heroes get fed up and like start getting aggressive. I do. When it happens every issue, and uh, this is the second time in three issues it's happened, it feels a little false because it's like, didn't you already do this two issues ago? Um, yeah. The Flash television series, which I've stopped watching, um, seemed to have like every few episodes have a thing where it's like, you know what? We've got to trust each other and tell everyone... You know, we got it. We can't hide things from each other. And then the next issue be like, well, I can't tell them this. It's like, well, you're right, not really right. learning the lesson. So those moments don't mean as yeah. much. This sort of like realization that you're a family that can trust each other uh, feels hollow. Uh, so that stuff. Nar narrative me. drama of all kinds seems to just basically be the art of how can we make it that people don't tell each other stuff that would end the story immediately. I think that's why when people either tell things right away or figure things out. Like, secrets aren't kept long. It's very exciting to me. The television mm -hmm. program Prison Break, yeah. which started the same time as Lost. Um, right. And it's sort of this burst of uh, mystery shows where it's like, what's really going mm -hmm. on? And, uh, and Battlestar Galactica was around the same time, too. Yeah. Uh, in Prison Break, it felt like characters figured things out so fast. Like, every time there was a mystery, it would be solved that issue, that episode. Mm -hmm. And they'd have to have, like, another thing. Uh, yeah. And, it, and it, as when I was watching Lost at the same time, uh, I was so fed up with like Lost not seeming to answer anything, and like Prison Break just like was burning up ideas. Um, and like they, Prison Break was probably a worse show, but for that reason, it made it more fun for me to watch because I just enjoyed like the nature of everyone was outsmarting everyone else, everything was being revealed, no one could keep secrets because <laughs> it was just they were all too smart for each other. It was really great, but I like that stuff. I like when stuff gets just outed. I mean, yeah. in the sense of uh, the good place, uh, without spoiling later seasons, the first season, they make moves so early on that if I, if you told me the whole plan from day one, I'm like, well, you got to slow play this stuff. Yeah. And they burn through that stuff in a way that's just sort of like, well, you got to move on. Yeah. It's pretty fun. And it makes, that's what makes that show so great. It's just like at a certain point, you're like at any time they could pull the rug out from under you and it feels earned now because they've done it yeah. enough times. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. 
Um, that's the end of our issue. What's your favorite moment, Will Hines? My favorite moment is when uh, regular Flash and Elongated Men have their little sweet talk to each other moment. That really got me. Wrong. Uh, huh. Your favorite moment. <laughs> My favorite moment, I think, was when Captain Adam got the news and we don't see him. We just hear his scream from the ceiling <laughs> as the team like looks up at the ceiling and hears it. Uh, I think that's very fun. It's It's humor like that that balancing with the action feels very fun to me same thing with that flash moment you said it's like oh it's a, re- it's a for real action sequence but like that moment hits harder because there's a for real action sequence happening uh on page two panel three this is another we didn't talk about this but there's kind of a fun jle moment when they're having the board meeting and everyone's fed up with captain adam and captain adam goes we'll work through this i promise you and flash goes oh really and who promised you and captain adam goes west what is your problem and he goes i'm an upstart it's part of my charm I feel like that's sort of Justice League Europe. Yeah, I mean, style. that whole sequence has a lot of fun stuff we skip past, right? Because uh, after he recaps everything, Wally says, you and, uh, uh, oh, like Captain Adam trails off. But frankly, and Wally West interrupts, you haven't got a clue as to who's behind it or why, Captain Adam. Well, uh, yes. Metamorpho's <laughs> response is, this group's really starting to, uh, this group's really getting off to a great start, which is fun. Yep. Um, Good times. Yeah, they're, they, they uh, they bark at each other a lot. It's pretty quick when they start feeling like a team and a family, though. And I think next issue might be that moment. Because, like, uh, again, they're successful. You just need a win. They need a win. Kevin, how long are we going into this series? Well, that's a good question. Well, you know, we've talked about either going to four, five, or six. They're all good stopping places. All right. Well, let's just do six. We've, we're, never, we're probably not going to come back anytime soon. So let's, yeah. let's go to six. Uh, 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 five and six are both kind of self-contained stories. Um, I'm excited uh, for six them. is so, straight up humor. Five is uh, a little metamorpho stuff. He's kind of gotten the short shrift in these early issues and we get to deal with him and some characters that become big, a big part of justice league Garib overall, his extended comic book family, the stags. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll do we'll do issues five and six, and then we're going to move on to Batman Year One, and then Sandman. That's, That's right. We've talking. decided we haven't announced this. We've decided uh, because oh, we mentioned it last episode. Yeah, we did. Uh, that we were going to go back and cover issues two, three, and four of Batman Year One because reading the first one just whetted our appetite too much. We can't not do it. Um, so then, then, and then we will go to the Sandman, uh, uh, which we which we was our original plan. That's right. Then we'll go to Sandman, uh, and then who knows after that? We've got two emails. Yeah. Will you, you want to do them? I do. Great. Uh, first one's about this comic book called Justice League Generation Lost. Hmm. Um, I know about it. I think I read a couple issues of it, but I didn't read a lot of it. So this is a blind spot in the Kevin Hines comic book world. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I was curious if either of you were familiar with a JLI starring bi-monthly comic from 2010, Justice League Generation Lost. It's a mini series yeah. in which Booster Gold, Fire, Ice, Captain Adam the Jamie Reyes version of Blue Beetle and a new Rocket Red team up to try to stop Maxwell Lord, who was recently resurrected in the events of the Green Lantern Blackest Night event. <laughs> uh, it seems to be largely forgotten, and my hunch is that it dealt with a number of production issues. Uh, the confusing connection to Blackest Night. Keith Giffen is a co-writer in the series and leaves early on. Wonder Woman is a key component of the plot, but she had a really confusing status quo in her own title at the time. The entire DC universe is about to be rebooted by Flashpoint. So the ending made no sense, etc. cetera. Uh, yeah. Nonetheless, as a JLA fan, I collected every issue when they came out. I remember there being some really great character development and fun interactions among the team. I remember a highlight being issue eight when the team has to infiltrate a spy headquarters called Checkmate and they discover Booster Gold's aptitude for leadership, which is a big surprise to everyone, including Booster. Uh, I'd love to hear it if you have any thoughts. Um, I assume you don't, but I, I don't. do. I read the first couple issues and I remember not loving it. And because it, it, was, it wasn't that long after the formerly known as the Justice League, and I can't believe it's not the Justice League miniseries that Kim yeah. McGuire, Jeremy DeMattis, and Keith Giffen did, that I sort of felt like uh, Justice League's done. Justice League International is yeah. done now. I'm, it's over. Yeah. If it comes back, it'll be a whole new mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. Uh, with a similar sense of humor, I could imagine. But, like, this thing is done. Um. Uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong on that, but it, it just felt over to me, uh, particularly because Blue Beetle had been killed. Maxwell Lord had become a villain. Ice had been killed. Um, 
uh, Rocket Red had been killed. Crimson Fox, who's a Justice League Europe, had been killed. Ralph Dibney's wife yeah. had been killed. It's just like you killed a lot of the fun. Uh, yeah. Barry Allen had been gets brought back, and it's like so. Wally West is sort of gone. It's just like a lot of characters that feel important. Um, Booster Gold becomes a time traveler, which doesn't really fit in mm. with like being a team member as well. Right. Um, and it's just like that's like oh, they just changed everything. It just it's hard to put those pieces back together now without rebooting. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I read a few issues, and it just it felt like, uh, and this always feels weird to make this complaint, but it felt like fan fiction. Like someone doing their right. best cha- ability to try to recreate it, but it's not. You're not. You're not doing. It. You're not doing next season of Justice League International. So I sort of gave up on it real quick. So you might have missed out on some of these good moments that this person is telling us about. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, uh, so you are a traitor. I, that's right. I guess I, I'm not a I'm not franchise. a real fan. Is I guess yeah, what, fake what's, fan. What's what's coming up here? Fake fan. Um. And we have one more email. It's it's a long email, a lot about um, your other podcasts, Will. So I'm going to email them to you so you can answer them. Okay. Um, but then he asks, uh, who are your top favorite heroes, villains, writers, and artists in any order? Okay. Uh, I thought that may be fun to do real quick without any yeah. thought on it. So let's do top five heroes first, Will. Okay. Spider-Man. Um, Don't think about Zot. it. Keep going. Okay. Spider-Man. Zot. Uh, Night Owl. Uh, Sandman and um, and Speedy Ortiz. <laughs> Sandman, the god of dreams, and Speedy Ortiz, the love interest from Love and Rockets. That's right. Great. How about you? Uh, my top five heroes, also Spider-Man, uh, The Flash, um, uh, uh, Hulk, and... Um, uh, I, you're, uh, I, Kane. Uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle because we're doing those comics now. <laughs> My answers were insane. I I might have actual answers if I thought about it, but that's what I got. Uh, top five villains: uh, Doctor Octopus, uh, Dark Side, um, uh, Doctor Doom. Um, the uh, <laughs> you know what just came to mind? The Sin Eater because that was from a Spider Man series that we liked. Yeah. Is, uh, that. They're, trying, they're bringing them back. It had a big impact to me just because of when I read it. Mm-hmm. Pro- probably does not live up to that that standing. And um, and uh, and um, I'm trying to remember her name. The bad the bad guy of the John Steinbeck novel East of Eden. <laughs> Boy, um, <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. I'll be right back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I'd also. How about you? I think How the top you? three I would have is exact same. Uh, Doc Ock, Doc Doom, and Dark Side are tough. To not go with. Um, I also really, really dig businessman Lex Luthor. I don't enjoy at all supervillain Lex Luthor, but I really love corrupt businessman Lex Luthor. Yeah. Um, I think he's really, really fun. And um, um, uh, who else? What would be my fifth villain? Kathy Ames. Uh, That's the John Steinbeck <laughs> East of Eden character. Um, I think my top, my fifth villain would probably be, um, uh, uh, I guess maybe the leader. I, I feel like I need a Hulk villain in there. I really love the Hulk, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. actually don't like him that much. I mean, I like him. I just, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, we're, we're, we're picking fast. doesn't excite me, so I'm going to change it to Captain Cold. Okay. Top five writers? Top five writers. That's right. Okay. Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman. Frank Miller, um, uh, Gilbert Hernandez, and um, uh, John Byrne. Peter David, Kurt Busiek. Oh, right. Um, Damn it. Uh, William Messner Lobes, who doesn't really do much anymore. Well, he's passed away. Oh, now he is, but I mean, he hadn't for a long time. He was sick and, yeah. and homeless and horrible. Existence, poor, uh, terrible stories. A, a sad ending to a great writer. Yeah. Um, but who else? That's three. Um, so I need three more. Uh, Keith Giffen. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I put him there I'm more than I do as an artist, yeah. um, even though I do like his art. And uh, Roger Stern. I just, I guess I'm just like stuck in it, the 80s. Yeah. 
I could have said J.M. DeMatties. I, um, I could have, but I, I th- he's one of the, he's up there, but I don't know if he's my top five. Okay, top five artists. Um, Ditko. Right. Um, then who? <laughs> That's it. No, uh, let me think for a second. Uh, I really like Ditko. I, I really like, um, who's an artist that like I'm just drawn to? Uh, Nick Darrington. I mean, he's so, he's new, but his art is phenomenal. Um, uh, who else? I'm trying to think. I really like Cameron Stewart, but he's been outed as a horrible person, so that makes me not like him as much anymore. Um, uh, let's think. Um, John Byrne, I would put here. Mm-hmm. What, what is that? Is that three? It's four, I think. You said Ditko. Yeah, but I, I tossed out Cameron Stewart. I'm not going to take him. Oh, okay, okay. So three, yeah, Nick yeah. Nick Darrington, John Byrne. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what artists... Or like an artist. I mean, you love Richard Sala. I do love Richard Sala. I mean, he's he's like a cr- creator. I love right. It feels yeah. un- mm-hmm. weird to pick him as one or the other. I mean, I'd say the same thing for Paul Grist. Like I, I, I like him if he's doing both m- way more than one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, um, man, I am blanking on artists right now. Oh, you know Marcos Martin. Is phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's even. I know him, and I'm out of it. And um, oh, uh, um, the guy who does Criminal. Um, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember. Ed Brubaker should have been my writers list, but the artist. Um, why am I blanking on his name? It's, uh, I, I'm gonna Google. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Ed Brubaker, Criminal. I can't believe I'm forgetting. Also, I feel terrible. Uh, Sean. Sean Phillips. I, I I got Sean, but I can't remember Phillips. Uh, Sean Phillips. Yes. Sean Phillips, he is so good. Those comics are so good. They really are. Okay, mine are um, uh, Steve Ditko, Dave Mazzuchelli, oh, um, yeah. uh, Jaime Hernandez. I'm a sucker for Bill Sienkiewicz when he does his paintings. Mm-hmm. And um, Darwin Cook. Oh, yeah, he's great, too. Also passed away. Uh, there's so many just terrific artists, though. Um, like I could, yeah, and all these lists. I mean, I also love John Byrne. I, um, yeah, if I sat down and, uh, and, I mean, artists and writers. If I could, Frank s- Miller I love as an artist. There definitely are artists, I even now currently, like, I buy books just because they draw them, even if they're not written well, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That, I'm, that I would have to think about to think who those people are, because those are probably the ones. Those are the ones where I'm like, they elevate this book uh, uh, in a way that just makes it great i there's also been like artists where I, I would buy a book and there'd be like a fill-in artist but it could be the regular writer and be like oh, i don't like this issue i'm like oh yeah. i think i just like this for the art i didn't realize it until yeah. now um yeah. scott mcdaniel who i wouldn't put in my top five artists who had a great run on nightwing before that did like a weird green goblin is a good guy series oh weird um written by tom defalco who's a pretty good writer um <laughs> And I was reading it, and and I was like, oh, this is such a fun comic. Why is this comic so fun? And then there'd be an issue with a fill-in artist. I'm like, eh, this issue is sort of a stinker. And it was like the second one of those where I was like, yeah, oh, it's his art is just making the series m- more fun, if, it, getting me past like sort of like the weirdness of the idea. Bernie Bernie Wrightson is somebody who's like incredible. Whenever he, whenever he, in the seven, Neil Adams is someone I always uh, really John Romita Jr., uh, who I'm reading uh, old. Spider-Man comics are so good. And I even love his later stuff when he gets really blocky and and very interesting uh, stuff there. Um, Yeah, I mean, we didn't even mention any like McFarland or Eric Larson's, who I I do like a lot. Oh, I I love McFarland. I mean, he gets made fun of for lots of other reasons. But man, when he first emerged on the scene, I would go nuts for his stuff. It was so refreshing and and fun. He, He was like, Invigorating, I felt. Yeah, like. it was a very uh, his spider. Oh, his uh, ho- Dan Dan Klaus. I love Dan yeah. Klaus art. Yeah, Chris Ware. If we're gonna go into like the indie um, world. How about R. Crumb? There's this guy Inge gonna... Culberd. I've been reading these uh, tw- 2000 AD comics called Brink, written by Dan Abnett mm. and Inge. I th- I'm probably mangling that first name, but the last name's Culberd. Yeah. C U L B A R D. That are really cool. His art is great. Who did the art for the original Astro Cities? I always thought those were sort of like uh, Brent sublime. Anderson. He does most of them. He, there's fill-ins now more in, now and then, but uh, Brent Anderson does most of them. 
I always thought those were really nice. Really who's great. the guy who paints everything? Alex Ross. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. It's almost a cliche, but like I always thought his stuff was like really. Uh, Mark Russell's a writer right now that's doing really, really great stuff, and I'm just waiting for him to be handed like a mainstream, top of the line comic. Or you know, Christopher Priest. I can't believe I didn't mention him. He made me read an entire 60 issue run of Deathstroke, who I could yeah, care less about. Yeah, and it was good. It was real good. Um. Jerry Duggan, someone who like kind of like cre- basically created a tone that like took over. Yeah, comics. I really loved his Guardians of the Galaxy run. Um, uh, uh, How about Jack Kirby? We didn't say Jack Kirby for an artist. Yeah, like, uh, I love Jack Kirby. I don't know if I'd put him in my top five, and it's not fair because everybody we builds off it. him. Yeah, he's the architect. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, there's some uh, who for whatever reason. I mean, you know, it might also be a, a just, god. He he is a a god in comics, but just in terms of personal connection, it might also be because he did so much more than Steve Ditko. Might also be a reason he I just like Ditko granted. more. It's just like it's like oh, I have thousands of Kirby comics that are good to look at, and it feels like uh, the the Ditko stuff is just like ooh, like ooh, I found another one in the couch cushions. Oh, I got to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where the Kirby stuff is like, eh, I'll throw out half of this and make it again another time. I don't know what food that <laughs> the equivalent is of those two things. Um, well, I'm sure we're leaving out like uh, 500 amazing S- Sergio Oregnos. Oh, yeah. Uh, so great. Don Martin. How about Don Martin for favorite comic book artist? Uh, I, mean, I mean, definitely one of the funniest. Uh, Alex Toth and Wally Wood uh, are both phenomenal. I just watched a two-hour... Um, live stream I didn't watch it live of the Gru creative team talking and I was like this is uh, I'm a walking cliche of myself uh, it was great it was really fun was it made for you? I mean other people were watch. some people watched it live <laughs> so I, I don't think so I didn't know about it and someone posted a. I, I follow hashtag Sergio Ragnos on Instagram and someone posted it yeah. but I saw it like 24 hours after it happened and yeah. then I watched it and it was two hours. I'm like, I don't have time to sit and watch that. And then I watched it all last night. Yeah. Um, and like the first 30 minutes was just, I'm dealing with microphone problems. That's so funny. <laughs> and I like watched it in real time. I'm like, it might be good. Yeah. Um, I love Gru, man. I'm reading Stan Sakai. Uh, some of you, I'm catching up on Yasagi Yojimbo. So I'm reading a bunch of his oh, stuff. Yeah. And his art is so good and his stories are really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just a million. I mean, I like Scott McCloud's art. I don't, I wouldn't put him in top five, but I love a Scott McCloud drawn thing. Yeah. Uh, I wish he did more stuff. Yeah. Uh, how about Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird? <laughs> I mean, they kind of just did Miller knockoffs. Yeah. I like, I mean, I like them. I, I, I don't think they're anywhere. I, I like Eastman more than Laird. It's weird that I have an opinion. Um, <laughs> uh, they're both good. They're both really good. Um, well, there's um. You can go old school, Bill Everett. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's I don't have a, I don't have a beat on where I would rank someone like that. It's, it's not really. It's not really. It's not really stuff that we've really looked at a ton. Yeah. Um. How about Arthur? Uh, he's another big guy in the eighties. Um, oh, Arthur Adams. Arthur Adams. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Mike Mignola. How about ba- Barry Win- Oh, Mike McNoll. God, he might be one of my top five. He's so fun. I mean, Guy Davis. Uh, I was gonna say is definitely Barry one of Windsor my- Smith. Alan. Yeah, yeah. Alan Davis. Uh, Alan Davis. He's in my top five for sure. I mean, nobody's a more pure superhero comic artist than him. Uh, Guy yeah. Davis, who did BPRD for a long time, um, just phenomenal. John Arcudi you know, is like- a writer that I really love too because of that. Uh, who's the Watchman? Artists oh, uh, Dave Gibbons? I'm Not Dave Gibbons. Dave Gibbons was V for Vendetta, right? That's right, Dave Gibbons. Uh, he did V for Vendetta and? No, David Lloyd. David did Lloyd did, did Okay, yeah. Dave Gibbons. Uh, I mean, just, just because he did one of the most impactful comics ever. And it's he, also His style is beautiful. like, it is, and super well done. It's kind of like, well, if you did one movie and it's Citizen Kane, you might be in a top list of cinematographers, even though he's done a lot more than that. Yeah. I mean, Watchmen is just perfectly drawn. <laughs> it's It's... Yeah. Um, it deserves everything, man. Uh, and he's been involved in a lot fun. of the stuff, the, the the prequels and sequels and the TV show more than uh, Alan Moore. And, and, I, and I'm glad he's making money off it. Yeah, good for him. Uh, he's great. And he deserves it. 
Deserves it. Yes, for sure. Um, okay, there's our top five. So um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and and uh, that's from Dean Spencer. Dean, if you've uh, you asked all the stuff, and I'll forward that to Will, and we'll answer it through yeah. email. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's our episode. Yeah, yeah, it is. That is our episode. Will. So we got to we got to do um, three more issues of uh, JLE, and then we're moving on. So uh, read ahead, guys. Yeah, uh, it's all in that. You one, can email us. It's all in that one trade. Yeah, the fifth trade, I think, mm-hmm. of the of the collected Justice League stories, um, uh, the Keith Giffen era Justice League. And uh, you, if you want us to read your email, please send us one at screwitspidey at gmail dot com. Uh, we also have an Instagram, Screw It Comics, which I highly recommend. Kevin puts choice screenshots of what we're talking about. We have a Twitter account, Screw It Comics. And then, um, and so remember, our email is Screw It Spidey. Our Instagram is Screw It Comics. We like to be confusing. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Screw It Recent, which is just stuff Kevin's been reading. But Kevin's got really cool and varied taste in comics. So I, I like that account also. Yeah. And I've been posting and, a lot. I've got Screw It Spidey on Instagram also. This is our old Spidey stuff. Which there. I'm posting a lot of stuff on, actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because Kevin's reading all the Roger Stern Spidey stuff from the early yeah, 80s. Yeah, I'm posting so. one post per issue. Screw It Spidey's been reju- re- Our Instagram account's been rejuvenated. Yeah, I haven't done Screw It Recent for a while because that's eaten up my time. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of ways to contact us. And we'll put as much time into answering your question as we did into this one that we put zero time <laughs> thought into and then answered far beyond For five. half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so please get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. And um, argue with us. We'll, we'll be nice about it. Yeah, argue with Will. I, I, won't, yeah, I won't take I'm, it well. Yeah, I'll, I'm a pushover. And um, I will see you guys uh, next episode. Kevin, good job. Good job, Will. And this time, I mean it. You shall not pass up listening to this new hilarious real play podcast starring a real life six year old. You see a giant red dragon and just a belch of flyer just as it flies straight towards you. And I just walk past it. <laughs> Check out the D&D Adventures of Coke the Kinder Giant on Campfire Media! Campfire.